Hey, you're good if you're in the same, if you're in the same family. I done got it anyway. <laughs> well, it is noon, so good afternoon. Good it's afternoon. Good. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us open our hearts and minds with prayer. Awesome and limitless God, whose love, wisdom, and goodness are beyond comprehension. Open our hearts and minds to receive your wisdom this day, so that we lean not on our understanding, but upon your promises. Through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you, and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. As we are low-tech today, we'll get the TV going for next week. But I want to start off with, uh, this is uh, Tim Menzies. Uh, he is a twice-Grammy-nominated songwriter. He put together a little concert and said we could use it. But I think you'll recognize this hand. He does one verse. So. Yeah, I give him a minute. He's trying to tune. He never done Facebook Live, so take a second. <laughs>
Sandra and Kathy for putting all this together. Uh, thank Krishna, she got a shipment of sanitizing stuff to through the state. So um, that's kind of those things. Service is going to be shorter for a few reasons, especially indoors. Um, Bishop Trimble just posted some of that list again. No singing indoors, just not recommended. So no kids' moments, no singing. You gotta, you're gonna have unless you want to hear me preach for an hour. I don't think that's what you want. So it's gonna be a little shorter. Uh, we won't be passing the plate to there's one at the back. So those types of things will be in place. Um, and this is really all just for safety. Uh, and these are best practices provided by the conference. I have said from day one, the safety of all the people together is the equally important is getting the word out. It just has to be that way. So thank you for your patience. I know that you continue to do a good job. So let me kind of let you know what's been happening since we have not been together. Um, our church has weathered, to my knowledge, the financial impact. We've taken advantage of some things that were offered. I appreciate everybody doing that. Plus, people kept sending in their tithes. So I don't think that we went backward in this time, and so I'm very thankful for that. Uh, we'll just continue to be faithful. So that's a blessing. Uh, we've learned how to record and stream services. That wasn't a thing before. And as I said, if you would ask me if I would have ever preached to a camera, I'd have said no, because as a student pastor, that's the last thing you want. It's for everyone to see every word that you say again, everybody. Uh, I, there's people tuning in in Florida, I've seen. So. Uh, and then I was speaking about a little bit, let me elaborate. We got um, a grant that was for $4,680. That came through Connect, through Tech, through Centers for Congregations. That's going to be used to get a website, so we have a professional website, so we can highlight the things we're doing. That's a pay one-time thing instead of paying every month. Uh, we will be getting more microphones. These devices we're using are ours, so we kind of need stuff for the church that will be here forever. We need to use that money uh, to shore those things up, so we'll have that forever. So those things are underway. Um, website can start as soon as I get the information. That'll take some time to, to build. So I just want you to know that even though we haven't been here, God has been good. The church has been taken care of, and we've actually been able to put back some things to show our technology. Um, and we are here today uh, as we continue to raise funds for air conditioning and such. So hang on, friends. Let's be good stewards of it. Let's keep moving forward. But I appreciate everybody's patience. God has been faithful in this time, so I thank you all. Our work has not stopped. We've made adjustments, and we will continue to carry on. Some of these changes will be permanent. I expect that we will stream service uh, from here on out for folks. Uh, so I think we definitely have extended our reach, which is great. And, I, and for you all that are here, if you go on vacation, you can know that you can always plug in. We're going to have a podcast now. We can send it to it for folks that don't do internet and just go right to their phone, audio only. Christian's handling that. So some of these things we're just going to going to stay right, right in, in place. And I'm very excited about the website as we are able to ramp up our ministries when it's safer. This will be the place where everyone can go and get that information. So God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Uh, as we lift up our request this morning, and let me let me say this beforehand. I'm going to post my email for the UNC. You have my phone number. Again, I kind of limit the talking back and forth. Send me your prayer request. I'll put a list together instead of doing like we used to, I'll do them from here. So that's something we've been lacking. I'll publish that info, get them to me, and we'll make sure we get those 
Lord, today we'll be lifting up our, our requests that are unspoken and the ones that are in your heart. So let us pray. God of grace and love, all thanks and glory be to you. We are joyful and thankful to be in your house today, praising your name together. Lord, I thank you for everyone that is gathered here today and everyone who will watch later online. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers as we lift up all of our joys and praises. We lift them up high for we are thankful. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers for all of those on our list, for all the unspoken requests, for our church, our state, our county, our country, for all those that keep our country moving, for our doctors, public safety workers, for those who are sick or mourning the loss of a loved one. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Give us strength for this day and the days ahead as we continue to shelter in place sometimes, as we continue to be bombarded with information. Let us not be divided, but united in your word and plan for our lives. Lord, all thanks and praise be to you as we say the prayer you taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, this is what is called the prayer for illumination. So the prayer before the scripture, let us again pray. Risen and almighty God, who conquered death and atoned for our sin, open our hearts and minds to hear the message you would have us to hear, so that we might be changed while drawing ever closer to you. Through Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Scripture for today comes out of the book of Matthew. It's a familiar story, I believe. It's Matthew 13, verses 1 through 9, and it's skipping ahead verses 18 through 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat behind his side of the sea. Such great crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat there while the whole, while the whole crowd stood on the beach. And he told them many things in parables, saying, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and ate them up. Other seeds fell on rocky for they did not have much soil, and they sprang up quickly, since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Let anyone with ears listen. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what is sown in the heart. This is what is sown on the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet such a person has no root, but endures only for a while. And when trouble or persecution arises on account of the word, that person immediately falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word. But the cares of the world and the lure of wealth choke the word, and it yields nothing. 
But as for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, we've kind of started a new thing again to fill time, so I'm dubbing this the Mark Who Players, our script reading. So if Maddie and Jean will come forward. This script is uh, came from the prep material. The sower scattered the seed, not afraid of where it went. Some of it landed on rocks, some on sand, some on insufficient soil, some on good ground. The sower did not withhold any of the seed. It was joyfully scattered, broadcast widely to the whole of creation. Marketing all the time, effort, and money spent on having an audience. 
And once you have the crowd, we're told to do what? We have to make the most of it. you got to make it count. Of course, everything Jesus said was important. We know that. But I think we have to pay attention to the little details. Now, well, here's what we know. We know the crowd was large. We know Jesus had a good audience. We know he was in a boat. But he didn't row away. He decided to row out just a little bit and to teach this message. And we should pay close attention to that message because Jesus did not go away. He decided to teach this lesson. And so Jesus tells the story of the farmer who planted the seeds on different types of ground. Now, like many Sundays, I'm going to ask you to stay with me because I know you've heard this story before. We know the farmer sowed the seed on the road and as a result, the birds ate it. Some seed fell on the gravel. It sprouted quickly, we know, but it didn't take down roots. The hot sun withered the sprouts as quickly as they came up. And some of that seed fell in the weeds, and as it came up, it was strangled by those weeds. Some fell on good earth and produced a harvest beyond the sower's wildest dreams. Now, friends, i got to admit to you, my knowledge of farming is very small. I grew up in a farming community since I was very little. I appreciate farmers greatly in all they do. I know it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of patience to be a good farmer. And you should probably like the hot weather just a little bit, of which I do not at all. I can handle hard work. I can patience, though, not so much. And no heat. But even I can understand, I think, what Jesus was saying. As he spoke about the various types of ground that did not produce a harvest. And the good ground he needed to produce an abundant harvest. I think I'm good with what Jesus said. Find some good ground and plant seeds for an abundant harvest. Right? No, friends, I don't think that's what he's saying at all, actually. So it turns out my knowledge of farming isn't that good. Uh, so we've all heard the phrase, I think, throughout our lives, that the devil is in the details. Well, today I want to switch things around a little bit, and I want to submit to you something a little different. I submit, friends, that Jesus is in the details. We should take great notice when the Bible calls out things. It's in there for a reason. Why did Jesus retreat? The crowd was big. We should correctly assume then that the message that Jesus is going to teach is one that he's passionate about. Because he could have wrote off, but he didn't. And if all these clues that we, we find when we just dig a little deeper and we look at the context, if that doesn't do it, the next phrase Jesus says ought to be enough to convince us that this is a very important message. Because he flat out said, let all who have ears listen. And I think when Jesus speaks like that, we should all listen. If we think a little bit deeper, if we look at the details, I think Jesus was saying a little more than, hey, listen up. I think he was kind of prodding people say, are you really listening? Are you really understanding what I'm saying? Because what I'm getting ready to say is going to be very important. Jesus is in the details, friends. We must pay attention to the words Jesus says next. He's being Jesus. He's challenging conventional wisdom. And when I grew up, thinking the message was, was about soil and, and sowing it in only good places. is not the message at all. Is what I saw this week in my preparation. Now Jesus has told the story. You notice we have two different scriptures. We jump ahead a little bit. So he's told the story and then in the second part, now he's going to break it down. Again, he's saying, are you listening? Let me explain this to you. Because again, Jesus is in the details. Notice before he goes on in the second scripture, he says, Hear the story one more time. Study. Listen. So he's now said listen twice. And so I think now we can kind of move on. 
And what we're really trying to figure out this Sunday is how do the seeds relate to the kingdom of God? When people learn about the kingdom of God, but they don't take it in, the knowledge doesn't sink in, it remains on the surface. So the evil one comes along, and it's easy to pluck that right out and steal it right out of our hearts. And that is the seed the farmers scattered on the road. What about the seed in the gravel? It can be seen. We see this in the people who hear the gospel, and they're so happy. Great enthusiasm early on, but there's no depth. There's no soil of character. Enthusiasm wears off. It doesn't last. And when that emotion wears off in the first sign of difficulty, there's nothing to show for it. And friends, I've had people say to me, and maybe you have too, they say, I'm going to try that Jesus thing out. Like they're going to test God and try God out, thinking everything is going to be immediately great. And that's what we see here when there's no depth, when it doesn't take root. Because we know that this, the trouble in life does come. And so at the first sign of trouble, if it doesn't take root, folks abandon the faith. The seed sowed in the weeds is the person who hears the kingdom news, but then the weeds spring up and they choke out that good news. And that worry that comes forward, it stifles the growth. Then other things pop up. The other weeds, the weeds of greed, wanting everything under the sun. And these things strangle the message and it doesn't take root. Nothing comes of it. We see it in the scripture. But the seed cast on good earth is the person who hears and takes it in. And then it produces a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. Okay, now I think we've solved it. Haven't we? It's the seed that we cast on the good earth that produces the harvest. Isn't it? No, that's not what this is about either. Clearly, though, we do see that when people do take it in, then they flourish. But change has to happen. The good news has to be received, and there has to be action. It has to take hold. And when the first time of trouble comes, those who have internalized the kingdom of God and accepted Jesus, they stay the course. But friends, that takes commitment and patience. We know that following Jesus is not always easy, but it's so worth it. But there's more to the story again. And I hope when the girls were going through the script with me that you really listened to the details of that script. Jesus brought a message of love and grace and forgiveness that he intended for the whole world to hear. And if we have to say, we have to go back to the old saying and say, well, where is the devil in these details? Well, perhaps the devil we see in how humankind tends to twist the narrative and twist the story. When we get in our own way, because, friends, this is a scripture about harvests. We are called to sow the seeds of the good news, and that is our job, to sow the seed. We can't prejudge those who we think will sprout and grow. Now, Christian and I have both, in our lifetime, shockingly, have sold cards for different companies. And there's an old story that gets told, I think, to every salesperson. And this is a story about not prejudging people. And I think it's told in every dealership, or at least the ones we worked in, and we did work at the same one. And it goes something like this. Somebody walks in and wants to buy the most expensive vehicle. But the salesperson says they can't afford this car. And so they don't do anything. And somebody else comes and helps the person. They don't only buy one Corvette, they buy two. And so you're taught, don't prejudge. Just do your thing and do your job and talk to everybody. And so we can't prejudge when we're spreading the gospel. There's no possible way that we know that we'll take advantage of the knowledge that will come into their heart. I thank God every day people didn't prejudge me because when I came back to church, I was not a likely candidate. But friends, the details, it's all about the details. 
Jesus came to save the lost sheep. We know he left the 99 to save the one. Jesus, the king of the world, spent his time where people didn't expect him to be. He didn't go to places fit for the king. This didn't happen in one story. Not, I mean, many stories. And practically all the time. And we have a word to describe when things happen that we don't expect. We call it surprising. And in cases where people really turn around and say, well, that's a pleasant surprise. Right? But we got to leave that up to God. Because God will surprise us. And throughout your life, you've maybe given your testimony, you've maybe heard the testimonies of others, and some are so good that you say, wow, that had to be God that acted. Yes, friends, those stories, they connect with us. We have our own, and we hear others, and we can only draw one conclusion. God intervened. God caused this great change. But that seed had to be sown somewhere. And we can't prejudge. And we know that when we read the Bible, we see that God uses unlikely people throughout the Bible. To accomplish God's will. And friends, shouldn't, we should not be surprised anymore, should we? At what the grace and love of God can do. We should stop being surprised. We should let God do God's job. Because there's grace for all. Grace is free for all. It knows no boundaries. In Methodist tradition, we say grace is for being. God goes before us. And there's grace for us before we know we even need it. So why prejudge? Because God has grace for everybody. We are to get the message to people. We've got to tell the story. When we do, we're offering the kingdom of God here on earth to people. And as I've said many times, we don't change people. And I know when you hear a pastor say that, what do you, what do you mean? No, God changes people. I'm going to tell people about God. God will do the changing. But let's not confuse it. We are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We must keep telling the story and God will work for God's glory. And friends, as I think about the details, let me kind of start to wrap up with this. I don't think Jesus was telling the crowd which crowd to avoid. No, I think Jesus is once again being a good father and a good parent. And he's telling his children what happens when they tell the message. You can expect some folks to do this. You can expect some to do this. Children, this is what's going to happen. But you have to sow the seed. So he's just telling people as a loving parent what's going to happen. This is any good parent. We can't be discouraged when we speak the gospel and it doesn't sink in immediately. This is also a lesson about how we should live once we accept Jesus. We have to make good choices rooted in being the kingdom of God here on earth because Jesus has given us all the details we need through this life. And those details are always, always grace, love, mercy, and hope because we seek to grow closer to the one who's given us all of these things. God bless you. I'm going to play some music for you. So I played this a few weeks ago, but when we think about take me just a second to get there, I apologize. When we think about Jesus is our living hope. And that's what this song is called. Jesus Christ, our living hope. This comes from Daniel Rivera and a group of gentlemen that sang with him. And he has given us permission to use this. Yes, mm -hmm. 
Friends, from the beginning of time until now, Jesus Christ is our living hope. Through this pandemic, through the future, to all the ones who know and love Jesus, He's our living hope. He is the living hope for all those that don't know Jesus that we have to go and say the good news to you. We have to spread the good news irregardless of who we think is going to accept it. That's what we are called to do, friends. God bless you. Well, as I said, the uh, offering is supposed to go after the sermon, so um, I'm going to say a prayer for the offering, but I know there's a plate in the back. Uh, I know some have mailed checks in, some have, I don't know that online has taken shape yet, but maybe it's there. So you can go online through Tidely, you can continue to mail those in. I think things are working fine, but there's a plate in the back. So I just appreciate everybody's stewardship throughout this time. Let's say a prayer for the offering. God of abundance and care, who calls us to worship you with our tithes and offerings, bless this offering to your kingdom so that we might use it to do, to do the work you've called us to do. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Friends, God has placed the seed of love and forgiveness in our hearts. Go into God's world with joy, telling you the good news of God's abundant and lavish love for all creation. Go be a witness to all the miraculous possibilities for hope and peace. Amen. God bless you all. You are dismissed.